Good intro. Stand for everyone. Good afternoon. I'm John Palcicchio, Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, uh, and welcome to uh, this week's weekly recovery check-in. Uh, I'm here with uh, members of the team from DEMPED, uh, as well as the Department of Small Local Business Development. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about retail. Uh, as you know, last month, Mayor Bowser announced the Bridge Fund, a $100 million initiative to support the hospitality uh, and retail industry in the District of Columbia. And uh, we launched the hotel program. Uh, we launched the restaurant program. Uh, and this week, uh, we launched the application for uh, the retail program. And so we're going to talk with uh, Sabangwe Cook, have her kick us off to a, a full agenda today uh, to talk about all the programs and how uh, retail uh, in particular uh, can apply for their program, application of which opens yesterday. All the information we're going to talk about, of course, is on the coronavirus.dc.gov website. And for the Bridge Fund, it has its own page, uh, so coronavirus.dc.gov slash bridge fund. Uh, first up, Sabangali Cook, the uh, Director of Business Development for DEMPED. All right. Thank you so much, Deputy Welcome. Mayor. Uh, so as the Deputy Mayor mentioned, this is the third uh, fund under the Bridge Fund. So excited and always an honor to be here to serve in this administration. And we're going to jump right into the meat and taters of this fund, the Retail Bridge Fund. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, it is a $15 million grant fund to provide relief for retailers uh, that are obviously experiencing significant economic distress. Eligible applicants are our brick-and-mortar establishments uh, because we know that they are experiencing a lot more uh, economic distress because of their overhead, their operating costs. And to that end, the eligible uses for those funds are operational expenses, your mortgage, payroll, insurance, utilities, uh, and even expenses related to COVID. Maybe it's PPE. Uh, and so those are the allowable expenses. As you guys have seen in previous announcements, the awards range from 5000 to 25000 And uh, we're looking to award upwards of at least 575 That is not a hard and fast number. Uh, but as applications that continue to roll in, we will continue to review. Uh, the timeline, it was yesterday. The Retail Bridge Fund was open yesterday. Uh, and it will continue to remain open until January 8th uh, at 5 p.m. is when it closes. There's a lot of information on the website right now about the Retail Bridge Fund, so we definitely encourage you to pull up that additional information. As we go to the next slide, I'm going to talk a little bit about and you will get to see some, just a sample, a snippet of those businesses that are eligible. I'm not going to go through the list. You can see those. This, again, will be posted on our website. But there are a myriad of businesses that are eligible. Uh, one of the questions that we often get is, are sole proprietors eligible? Yes, sole proprietors that have a brick-and-mortar space are eligible for this particular application. Okay. Uh, as we continue to move through this, let's talk a little bit about the eligibility requirements. Again, physical location, a for-profit storefront retail business. You can also sell online as well, uh, but it does need to be a storefront. Um, you must also be currently open and operating, uh, revenue generating as well. Um, also have an active basic business license. 
There is a maximum threshold in terms of annual revenue that is $6 million uh, for 2019. And then for 2020, it's 4.5. You'll see that in there as well. Franchises must be independently owned and operated. Uh, must demonstrate, obviously, some sort of financial distress due to COVID. That is 25%. Uh, must also be a LBE, a local business enterprise. There's additional information about what that means uh, in, on, our, on the website. So if you go through that, you'll be able to see uh, a larger uh, definition for that. Must obviously have your clean hands uh, from OTR that is dated within the last 90 days. And then again, like I said, sole proprietors. They are eligible if you are a store, if you have a storefront and you are a DC resident. Okay. As we move through the next uh, slide, I would like to also mention that uh, as we have collaborated quite a bit with our council members uh, uh, with this administration, there is an equity consideration and we do have a, a set aside for additional businesses that fall under the resident-owned uh, operated businesses and small business enterprises. And then the third component is being an econ economically disadvantaged individual or woman-owned business or a DBE, which is a disadvantaged business enterprise. And so we're really excited that that is a part of this particular application. And you will see, I think you saw that in the other applications as well. Um, and so that is something that we'll continue to, to have as a theme across our uh, applications, okay? Documents, what do you need? So uh, again, tax returns, 2018, 2019, uh, your 2019 monthly statements, income statements, your 2020 monthly income statements. Again, copy of some of your compliance documents, business license, clean hands, CFO, um, validation of who you are, uh, and your payroll roster. So these are some of the uh, entities, the things that we need in order to apply. So make sure you have those things on hand. I would strongly encourage you to take a look at the Retail Ready Guide. It literally runs you through a checklist of things that you should have in advance as you prepare. So before you even open the application, you might just want to make sure you have all of those things together. I'd also recommend that as we continue to roll out opportunities like this, I would encourage businesses to just make sure you have a digital file of this information because as you have, might have, may have noticed or may not have noticed, we're typically asking for very similar information across majority of the applications and relief funds that have been rolled out thus far. So make sure you kind of keep these in a, a digital file so that you have them on hand. Um, next and final thing is we are doing information sessions. Uh, the first information session is on December 16th. Uh, at that 3 p.m. And then we have another on December 17th at 10 a.m. There is a link to register with instructions and you can identify which session you would like to be a part of. If you are unable to attend, that is fine too. We will be posting that video on our website. So that will be on the coronavirus website and you can watch that video at your leisure uh, as well, okay? So I do wanna make sure that that is offered. So again, if, any, if you have any other questions, are curious about anything, by all means, please email us at retailbridgefund at dc.gov. We're happy to help and stand ready to assist with any other questions that you might have. So to that end, that is our brief uh, overview of the retail fund. I encourage everyone, especially in this time, we know people are hurting, we know businesses are struggling. We really encourage and look forward to you submitting your retail uh, application to us, okay? Um, thank you so much. I'd like to now pass it on to one of the most amazing 
colleagues that I have, and that is the, our director of uh, DSOBD, Ms. Christy Whistle. Hi, thank you, Director Cook. It's always a pleasure to see you and uh, pain to go after you. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and be as, uh, as, as interesting and entertaining in, in my presentation. Um, Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you, Deputy Mayor, for another uh, another session of updates for these important issues that we know our small businesses are anxious for. Um, again, my name is Christy Whitfield. I'm the Director of the Department of Small and Local Business Development, and I'm here to talk about three things. I want to first talk about something that sounds fun but is actually quite serious. It's the I-by-DC Challenge. So Deputy Mayor Falcheckio on Black Friday announced the I-by-DC Challenge where it's very simple. Show your love in buying something local from a local shop, put it up on social media, and challenge your friends to do the same. You know, we know that this retail season is unlike any other for our, for our small businesses. And so we want to make sure that just as people were thoughtful about how they plan their voting in the fall and in the summer, summer in the fall, you're equally thoughtful about how you plan the way you spend your money this holiday season. And so before you rush off to a big box, think about a local store that might be able to do that same thing. We know our local stores have the best products. We know they are hiring our neighbors and friends, and we know that they need our support more than ever. They need more than the thumbs up. They need us to vote with our feet, and then we need to encourage our friends to do the same things. Many of our local businesses have the capacity to deliver, and then those that don't, have, have partnerships with other opportunities that DEMPED has started, like the DC to go-go. So give it a second chance before you do the old habits of the apps that may be in your phone that we shall not mention, and think, hashtag, I buy DC. We buy DC because our businesses have been there for us, and we need to be there for our businesses. Um, now, the, the news of the day, of course, is the bridge funds, but DSLBD also has a grant fund that is open currently, which is our robust retail. Now, this is the third round of uh, robust retail grant funding that Mayor Bowser and Deputy Mayor Falcheckio have, have infused into the, the ecosystem here. Our first rounds, candidly, were before the, the public health emergency because we know that some businesses were struggling even before COVID hit us. And we know that those struggles continue. So while there is you know, potentially some grant fatigue, we wanted to make sure that this important resource continued to provide opportunities for small businesses. It is a smaller fund, it's $800,000, and the grants are up to $7,500 each. So we're encouraging you to you know, check this out on our website, dslbd.dc.gov. I won't go through all of, the, all of the requirements. They're quite similar to the bridge fund, the requirements, particularly that you must have an operating, you know, a income generating business, you must be a retail business, you must have clean hands. Now, two dates that I want to make sure that we do mention because uh, the robust retail grant closes at the end of January. But um, if you get your application in by January 8th, we will do a pre-eligibility pre check. And we know a lot of times as people are busy and they're rushing and they're putting things in and they think it's complete, the last thing we want people to find out is that I thought it was all done and I got kicked out because I didn't have this, that, or a third. Please, after you recover from the holidays, put that energy in and put your applications in and please get them in early. It's not a rolling basis, so if you don't get it in early, it is okay. 
But that extra, that extra layer of protection of having somebody check through and tell you, yes, this is complete, you will be considered, can be the difference between a yes and a no. January 8th. So think about January 8th as the actual deadline and not the, the final deadline. And then last but not least, I want to talk about the fact that the way we're shopping this year is different. And in anticipation of that, you know, we have been doing some things similarly and then some things differently. This is our third year that we've had a partnership with the downtown holiday market where we have a booth there where made in DC makers are being showcased over the course of the market. This market has modified itself to be socially distanced. It's moved into the street. And so this is an opportunity where you can go and shop very much like you did last year, but in a socially distanced way, in a way that is safe and you can support our local, our local makers. But not, you know, everyone is comfortable going out and, and shopping in public spaces in this way. And so we have other ways that you can support our local businesses. There's a downtown, we, we call it the Holiday Market Central on our website. And again, dfwd.dc.gov. And you can go there and you can see, you know, we have all of our 18 corridors from the main streets had, had, had online markets. So you can shop from the comfort of your home in your fuzzy slippers and still support local. And then when you do, hashtag IBuyDC, tell a friend, an online purchase counts too, and encourage your friends to do the same. I can't say it enough times, this is a holiday season unlike any other, particularly for our small businesses. And if any anyone needed our support, it is they, and we want to make sure that we are thoughtful and intentional in the way that we support them. So it can be fun, it can be safe, it can be effective, shop local, and it helps us all. So that is my whole presentation for today, Deputy Mayor, and I think my job is to now kick it over to um, to Reynolds Allen, the Managing Director of Strategy and Operations for Eden. Thank you, Christy. Thank you all for having us here today. Um, my name is Reynolds Allen. I'm the Managing Director of Retail Strategy and Operations with Edens, um, I'm known for, I think, our work at Union Market District here in D.C. Um, Union Market itself, um, excuse me, Edens itself, um, we operate in nine major markets, and um, in doing so, we work with over 2,600 retailers. Um, out of those 2,600 retailers, over 1,000 of them are small, unique local businesses. So. Working with small businesses and supporting small businesses has always been a big priority for us as a company. So in doing that, I've been asked to talk a little bit about what Edens has been doing to support um, the industry overall, our collaboration with our retailers, and we're joined today with some of our retailers from La Cosette, Union Market, um, but really kind of what we're seeing and what we, how we can best support things that are going on um, as everybody's suffering through this pandemic. Um, so some of the things that we've been focused on is first and foremost is really working directly with our retailers and adapting operations. So jumping right in alongside and proactively working to make sure that we adapt our operations and help them understand how they can adapt their operations to best keep their doors open, keep business going, and be able to work best with to invite our community back. This comes through a number of different ways and we did major investments in safety um, and a lot of training and safety and working directly with our retailers to make sure that they had that understanding and had the tools that they needed. Signage, communications, masks, making sure that we're properly communicating to the folks that are coming to visit how they can be kept safe, how they can still come and shop and spend time with those retailers. Um, so critically important. 
a lot of work also on redesigning kind of how we're thinking about our places. So over 120 different properties completely redesigned out um, site plans to think about the outdoor spaces and how those can be used to create safe shopping, safe dining um, experiences, and really an opportunity to bring the community back um, and, and, and bring you out, out of your homes and in a way to engage. I think one of the things at Edens we are always very, very focused on is we're about enriching communities, and we find that really comes through the human connection. And this has been a nine-month nine period where that human connection has been hard to find. So our role is how do we, how do we play that, how do we provide that. Um, so that's been incredibly important. And then really meeting the consumer's needs. So thinking about the consumer, how do we make BOPIS and takeout, which is becoming more and more prevalent because of the nature of what we're going through, seamless and easy and simple. Um, which helps support the sales of these retailers, helps support their businesses. Um, so those are some of the things that we've also been focusing a lot on. And a, lot, a lot of that comes through technology solutions. So we've spent um, an enormous amount of time and an investment as far as understanding what technologies can best support our retail partners. How can they help um, communicate and connect to their customers and make that transaction that much easier? Um, so continuing to really evolve and really focus and help educate our retail partners on what kind of technology platforms may be able to help them drive their sales. Um, another big piece that we focused a lot of our time on, um, and I think um, is critically important, is really relevant to what we're talking about today, is communication um, and the communication that the deputy mayors and the mayor's office is all working on here today, making sure that everybody's aware of these programs and making sure that it's clear as to how they're done is, is, is kind of at the crux of it all. So we spend an, a lot of time making sure that our retail partners are aware of what is available to them, help them cut through the red tape, help them understand what, what they're eligible for, help be there to answer questions, but really stay out in front. These businesses are dealing with a lot on their plates right now. They understand, we understand that they are trying to juggle how to keep a business afloat, how to take care of their employees, how to take care of their families at home. And there's a lot going on. So the most that we can do to make sure that these things are made, that they're aware of what's available to them, how they easily understand the programs that are available to them, how they apply for those programs is critically important. We had almost 1,000 um, retailers um, receive PPP, which was, I think, a very big deal. I think that had a lot to do with making sure that they were well equipped with an understanding of what they were trying to do there. Um, and I think, again, also it's about marketing and outdoor activations and really bringing that community back. And a lot of what we've been able to do is collaborate with our, our retailers and bringing them together, which I think has really been an important part of this. Bringing the retailers together, bringing these businesses together, they share important information. They share things that they've learned we're sharing what we're seeing and really helping work together to try to figure out how do we, every day, we have to be nimble, we have to change, we have to adjust, we've got to meet the consumer where they need to be, we need to make create a safe environment. So we're constantly looking to improve day in and day out and staying close and meeting with our, our retailers on a weekly basis at least to make sure that we're doing that and talking about those opportunities. And so with that, um, I think I'm going to turn over now to um, the owners of some of our, re our retailer partners at La Cosette Union Market District. So with us today, we have Dario Bartre and Annabella Artai. They are with Artai Chocolates. Um, some of our partners that joined us at La Cosette a little under a year ago, um, 
a really wonderful um, couple here who is business owners of a unbelievable business, um, but really seeing the inspiration and the passion, the spirit that we've seen come through these two as they've become a really critical component of what we're trying to do at La Cosecha, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about in a bit. Thank you, Raymond. I want to say hello to everyone here. Thank you, Deputy Mayor John Fosicio and all of the authorities here. It is a pleasure for me and Annabella to come here and express. And the, the first thing that I want to express is we love DC. And that, I think, tells you how passionate we can imprint to our job. And I think DC is getting much better than ever right now. I lived here, or we lived here 20 years ago, and before starting to make shop. And then, because I am an attorney and I attended American University at that time. Then back to my country, Venezuela, which was a beautiful and robust economy at that time. Then most of you know how it's passing through right now. But we feel right now so happy to be part of Eden, especially at Black Ossetia which is an ex an, a beautiful and an excellent environment to develop it and as retailer. To, we have a chocolate lab, which is an experiment to combine a retailer and a production center of sophisticated gourmet fine chocolate that, are, that we have been making since 16 years ago when we started in our country, Venezuela. Annabella, I'm going to pass you the microphone because you want to tell your story. 42 medals in New York and in London, I shift your champion chocolate. Well, my name is Annabella, and I have been making chocolates for 15 years. And uh, I never thought I was going to make chocolates ever. Uh, I have been, it is a new word that I have been uh, listening to it. The entrepreneur, but I think I have been an entrepreneur since I was a child because I used to 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 make everything I see, I reproduce it, and I uh, always wanted to sell it. And I was always looking for uh, making something that uh, people liked, and of course people buy. And after doing and making so many things. Uh, I discovered chocolate, and chocolate became my passion. And, uh, well, since the beginning, um, I have been making, uh, I made a, a small batch of chocolates. Many people like it, and the small batch became a medium batch, and then a big batch. Uh, but then things uh, uh, went very bad in my country, and we decided to move to the United States. And here, uh, we were found by La Cosecha. They invited us to, 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 to become part of the community. And uh, well, here we are making chocolates again. And uh, we are very, very happy to be here. I want to finalize with something very good. This kind of a grant incentives are magnificent at this time because it helps us to, uh, I mean, to improve our business, to create more jobs, 
to create better economy. But what is most important is that we are building a community. And once we have a community very, very strong, it will be a great, great society for everyone. And that's what we need. Thank you very much to all of you for inviting me here. I think we love DC. We love DC. Thank, thank you. you very much. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you guys being here. This is amazing. I do want to pivot now to two other business owners that we have, one uh, through video and another here in the studio. I'm doing hashtags for that. Uh, we have joined with us today is Sunyata Amin, uh, the owner of Calabash Tea and Tonic, as she's waving. And then we have Anika Hobbs here from Nubian Human. I want to start first with, uh, first with Sunyata Amin and have her share a little bit about her story, what she's doing, and uh, if she has a bit of advice to share with us, that too uh, as well. But Sunyata, hello. Hi, how are you today? Doing well. Tell us a little bit about Calabash Key and Tonic, your story. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, I didn't make sure I was giving any feedback. Uh, thank you for inviting me and having me here today. I really appreciate that. Uh, we're really happy to be here in the district. I'm originally a New Yorker. I've been here for a long time now. And um just thrilled with D.C. I think D.C. is really excellent. It has all the charm of a small town, southern town, and then all of the metropolis uh, that you could want in a larger city. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, that's why we decided to locate Calabash Tea and Tonic here in the district. We've been operating for about 13 or 14 years here in the district, and we have multiple locations. Calabash Tea and Tonic, uh, our mission is to return modern people to indigenous traditional ways of healing. Uh, both the descendant of Maroon people from Jamaica, whose uh, traditions there in Jamaica and Cuba, where my grandparents are from, are really rooted in African and Asian and Native American healing. And then my father's family is from the United States and they're very uh, rooted in their Native American culture and healing. So we're really at that crossroads, much like this city. And I appreciate the ability to offer people something like that here in DC and have it do well here. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sunyata. And Ms. Anika Hobbs, welcome, owner of Nubian Human. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Sure. So Nubian Human is a retail social enterprise. Um, we started in 2013 inside the Anacostia Art Center. Uh, we've been there for seven years. We work with international and national artists. Um, from all over the world. So at this point, we've worked with about 600 artists from six different continents and over 35 different countries. Um, our focus is on black and brown businesses. So about 99% of our artists are artists of color. Um, and we're just really passionate about product-based brands. Um, we just really want to build the local and international uh, creative economy as much as we can. 
And one of the things that just speaking about DC, which thank you so much for having me here, um, is everyone always says that like, if you need to make it, you got to go to New York. But for me, it's always been DC. Um, it's the epicenter of international relations, finance, politics, um, anything that you can find, you can find it in DC. And so it's just been an honor to start here, to be in business for seven years, to still be here and be able to speak about a business um, and a small business and our impact um, is really, really um, important. And we're just really thankful. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you for that. And uh, so we're going to open it up to questions and have a bit of a conversation here. Uh, so I'm looking around the room to the folks here, but also... Uh, if you're watching at home, if you're on the phone line and you have a question, uh, you can press zero now. Uh, if you're watching on one of our uh, streams on Facebook or Twitter, uh, you could use the hashtag uh, uh, DC Hope, uh, and that'll allow us to uh, see your question. Uh, but as we wait for those questions to come in, uh, just going to Anika again, just about kind of that pivot that you made this year. Uh, we've talked a lot about pivots uh, here at the uh, Recovery Weekly Check-In. Uh, your pivot to being more present online and how you approach that this year. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the tools to allow us to still be here is um, pivoting from, we have a brick and mortar also in Baltimore, Maryland. And of course, you know, because of COVID, we had to close for a few months. Um, and had we not made that pivot into e-commerce, we would not be here now. Um, and I have to say, it's allowed us to grow wings and expand our business and really great ways, just, uh, you know, acquire customers all over the world, um, but also really open another faucet, another revenue generator for a business that um, may otherwise not still be operating. Great. And for Annabella and uh, Dario, how did, you, how did you do this year in terms of retail versus online, and how did you kind of make your online presence a little bit more robust this year? Well, we have an online store since we came here three years ago. And what we have seen in our online store, it, it has become steady gain, I mean, up, up, up every day, okay, because the COVID. But at the same time, I believe that the retail, the brick mortar store that we have in Lacoseta, is the one that I have gave us the right exposure of our products. For example, I feel so happy when I see many people come again and come again and come again and come again, the same people and buying the same chocolate and said different products. Oh, there you have a new product. Oh, Navela, you have a new, other new product. Great. And that feels, I mean, that makes us very... Very happy to see the, the recurring clients. And that is because, like Osecha, like Osecha is not just in a space, regular space, no. Like Osecha is it's a place which translation in English is the harvest. Well, what we harvest? We have the harvest of diversity, of joy, of people sharing experiences from around Latin America and around the world, many places. I mean, and and that's what that's what we feel every day, you know. 
I believe. We, we feel joy to, joy to go to work. And uh, something that um, I would like to say is that we are going to, to beat the COVID. We Absolutely. are going to beat it. <laughs> it's not going to be stronger than all of us. So we are going to keep working and working. And, That's uh, the best vaccine. I mean. Yes. And we are going to get through, and different times are going to come, and they are going to be very good. I appreciate that. Really inspiring. Uh, yeah. Senata, I saw you shaking your head uh, as they were talking about more people coming into the uh, retail establishment and how that kind of energizes the business, even though we talk about online commerce, uh, just kind of the advantages of having people come in and those repeat customers. Yeah, I mean, we have seen an increase of about 400% in our online sales, and that's what's really been sustaining us. Uh, that Without that, I don't know what we would have done, but we had already had online sales for the past, I don't know, 13 or 14 years. We just had to really pivot into making that the number one thing that we were doing um, in that a lot of the landlords in D.C. are not necessarily trying to uh, – be of understanding about not being able to have people in-house. We're accustomed to serving about 300 people a day in each of our locations. And so you can imagine what that's like to go from that to you're not serving anyone interiorly in your space. Fortunately, we still get to connect to our community because we're extremely community-driven. And um, that's where we get our energy. And that's what we want, the energy we want to give back. So we tend to see people come to pick up their items at our Brookland location because they miss us and we miss them too. And that's really sweet that they still feel that we're a touchstone for them and they will come. Absolutely. Uh, Reynolds, I got to ask you too, as uh, someone who works in retail, how do you kind of encourage the folks who are in uh, the space to kind of make that pivot to uh, online as well? Um, yeah, so I think with um, – it's education. It's understanding like where's the consumer do, going. So we'd spend a lot, a lot of time really kind of basing ourselves in understanding of research, understanding of data, um, staying on top of it. With our ability to really be in so many places across 120 places in nine major markets, it gives us the ability to really kind of see how consumers are reacting. And what we have to do is be able to react quickly, as I was mentioning before. So as far as really helping the, our retailers understand what tools are available to them and then how they can best utilize them and what impact they can kind of see coming from those. So we've done a lot of work as far as a number of retailers didn't really have online platforms, so encouraging that. Um, we, at this point, we need to make sure the sales are coming in, right? And then again, about talking about how do we get to understanding um, how we make that a more seamless transaction for the consumer themselves, how are we meeting their needs, which right now primary needs are value, essentials, and safety. So how are we making sure that those are, are front of mind at all times? Um, so, and I think there's another place that we talk about community a lot, and it is of utmost importance. It is, it is our mission, is enriching communities. Um, and really using technology also is another way to, to, to reach out in these times. There's another way to connect. Um, so businesses that aren't necessarily selling online have a way to connect and for share content and, and really touch their customers through virtual programming, through different ways of really reaching out, which is meaningful and important at this point.
Well, not to let my guest catch on, but if you're shaking your head a lot, I'm going to call on you. Uh, and Anika, I saw you shaking your head a lot um, uh, as Reynolds was speaking. Yeah. What were you connecting with there? Um, I think it's the community and the uh, technology portion of it. I think um, community is everything right now. I, it's just, um, it's kind of like that, this, the wind in your sail um, and just how people have been able to, the way that we're able to listen to their needs, just like Alan said. So understanding that, you know, everybody's not buying dresses right now, but they do want a cozy robe. Um, you know, some of the things they need things to entertain their children and they want better self-care. And how can we, even in a pandemic, still deliver to those who rely on us and what we're able to do? Um, and it's, you know, understanding and listening to that community and their support is that exchange of energy that keeps us going. And then using technology as to fill the gap. Um, you know, because we're not able to reach each other the way that we used to. Um, but, you know, how are there different things happening, like the NEAR program, um, which allows us to deliver locally, for example, to our D.C. customers? And uh, what other programs are there out there that technologically can advance a small business? Um, so I could just really relate to how we've, how we've had to completely think about ourselves and how we can fill the needs of our customers and our community um, and kind of get, like Alan said before, also that clunky stuff in between so that we can do that seamlessly. Um, so the pivot seems like it's really small from the outside, but for us operationally, it's a huge gap, but it, it's so rewarding. It is so rewarding to feel that you're still being able to deliver. Absolutely. And uh, that was a good way to give us an in-program commercial. <laughs> uh, for uh, an initiative that Bangladesh led, uh, which is shopinthedistrict.com, uh, which actually utilizes uh, Near Delivery, a DC company, uh, to deliver retail uh, same day uh, to uh, folks in the district. So if you uh, go to shopinthedistrict.com, you want to order something online, we could get uh, same day delivery by DC residents uh, and for DC residents. Uh, and I saw, uh, again, keeping everybody to the rules, Sinyata, you shaking your head uh, when Anika was talking. So I wanted to see what you connected with. Uh, and then we have some technical questions that we'll get to uh, that have come in on social media. Uh, but for Sinyata, you connected with Anika's uh, comments. So I want to hear from you as well. Uh, definitely. Community is everything. And when you have a front-facing business that has relied upon serving community, it really is like any other stage performance where you come alive when the people are there and it's it's call and response, which is a very traditional way to do things. Um, what we've done is look at how to reach our audience with things that they were already asking us for that we may or may not have had time to do on an extremely consistent basis. So we do lots of classes. Uh, in herbalism, we do lots of tea blending, we do cooking classes, and we may have 100, 200 people in those sessions. But now what we've done is, due to COVID, and we can't have that many people like crowded into a space, is doing these things online, like doing cook-alongs where people can use their phone is the most complicated technology that they would need. 
And then they feel that sense of community. They can see us. We can see them. And they're in my kitchen, like they're invited into my actual kitchen. Uh, or they're in the shop and we're making something. And still there's a connectivity there, which is really important, especially at a time when people are more isolated because their favorite, their favorite, their favorite uh, local watering holes may not be open. So places where you may commune with other people are not necessarily there. So it, it, it just feels good to be able to use modern technology and these very old school ways of communicating. Absolutely. And some of the ways that we're communicating uh, today with our audience uh, is on social media. So Savanloy, I've got some of the uh, technical questions for you. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you have uh, more than one re retail location, mm -hmm. uh, same business, two locations in the district or more, uh, can you apply more than once, or how does that work? How should you approach uh, the BridgeCon application? So the first answer is yes. Uh, if you have multiple locations, you are certainly eligible to apply for those locations. It's up to five. So yes, you are eligible to apply similar and in line with uh, all of the funds, all of the relief funds that we've rolled out in the last 10 months. So yes, you are eligible to, to apply, most certainly. <laughs> Look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> Taking down notes. You guys uh, can't see her. <laughs> you can't, if you can cut to her real quick. But uh, then the other uh, uh, question we have, uh, and this one comes from Twitter, is just uh, in terms of the time uh, it takes to turn around. Sure. Uh, the grant, can you kind of go through uh, process where we are? Absolutely. And uh, all the way up to disbursement. Yes, absolutely. So like I mentioned before, the application closes in January. At that point, that is when we begin the review process. Uh, and once the review process is completed, we expect that we'll be doing uh, initial notifications in late January leading through uh, February. Our goal is to make sure that we are reviewing all applications. So that happens at the close. Uh, like we said, like I said earlier, it does close January 8th uh, at 5 p.m. On and so once that's done, we review. We then begin our initial uh, contact and uh, disbursement uh, and notifications in late January is the plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and Savanglay, uh, one of the things okay. that actually uh, always gets me is that uh, when we actually make the awards, mm -hmm. uh, that sometimes we don't hear back from people. Yes. And, and so you went through all that trouble of applying, and I know it's a lot of trouble because there is a lot that we ask for uh, in our grant applications, and I know this is a busy time, especially for our retailers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Can I mm -hmm. just, again, it's the application, we analyze the application, mm -hmm. then there's an award letter. Correct. And then you don't get the disbursement until you send back the grant. The, the grant agreement, correct. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, Deputy Mayor. So, yes, I mean, uh, we have experience trying to give money to businesses and not hearing back. So I encourage you, if you are applying for anything with the district and you feel like you haven't heard anything, I would encourage you, number one, to check your junk mail. Uh, or whatever it's called, depending on what platform you're using, uh, because maybe the email isn't coming directly into your into your your bucket if you've broken up your email in some specific way. So I do encourage applicants, regardless of what fund it is, to make sure you're checking your junk mail, uh, and then save the email uh, the email address where it's coming from. Uh, we are using partners in some of our applications, and those partners are working with us. We also have them on our website so that you know who you're working with. So that information is readily available. Uh, but we do encourage you. We have had some experiences where businesses 
have not reached out or responded. So I'm strongly encouraging you, by all means, if you have applied for something, uh, if you're applying for a restaurant, you're planning to apply for retail, uh, like we said, again, we expect to begin doing initial uh, uh, conditional award letters in late January leading into February. So always check your junk mail, definitely, if you haven't seen anything. Uh, and then, you know, obviously reach out to us. We have no problem with you emailing us by no means at all. It's a retail bridge fund. This is how we're tracking communication as well uh, through the entire team that stands ready to either respond to your questions and inquiries or assistance that you might need. And then we can uh, pass you on to some of our other really strong partners that are here, uh, our partners with DSLBD, our community-based organizations across the city as well are standing ready to assist um, through the through uh, these experiences that we're having uh, with these applications, so we definitely want to make sure that you are uh, connecting with us. And if you are, if you sense that you might be getting a spam, email us so we can tell you. Uh, so we're happy to communicate and, and, and ensure that you are being as safe as possible, uh, so that you're minimizing whatever spam you have. Uh, but then also, we would love for businesses to respond as we are trying to uh, provide as much relief as we can. Great. And then this one uh, should be pretty straightforward. Are sole proprietors eligible to uh, apply and receive the grant? Yes, they are sole proprietors that have a brick-and-mortar location and you are a district resident. Yes, you are eligible to apply. Okay. Um, and then another question um, for uh, Christy. Uh, this one's just about sort of these online campaigns that we've started. Uh, kind of how do you measure the success of them? Uh, kind of like the uh, they pointed out the IVDC challenge. Uh, how do you track that uh, and the support that it generates for DC retailers? Well, we track it. It's a great question, Deputy Mayor. Thanks for asking that. We track it in a few ways. I, we've had tens of thousands of impressions, which means people have seen it. Um, the most importantly, we are hearing from our businesses that sales are ticking up for some of these places, and that's. You know, as I said earlier, the thumbs up are fantastic, but the, uh, you know, using your credit card is the best way to show your true support for your small businesses. Um, we know that, you know, and then Nico was talking about this. We we know that the the community and the interaction that you have when you're with a small business person in their shop is very hard to replicate. But I want to say that our small businesses have worked very hard to find ways to be innovative in this time. You know, I talked with a business owner who said. I have appointments and we can shop virtually together. So it's like you're in the store with me. That was steadfast supply. You know, we have other places. There's a lot of ways to do it, you know, but the most important impact is the monetary impact, which is why we are really, you know, imploring people to be thoughtful. Hashtag I buy DC and encourage your friends to do the same. Great. I appreciate that, Christy. And uh, Senyata, I saw you also signing up as we were, uh, as Sabangwe <laughs> was talking. Uh, you were taking down notes. Uh, you've applied for grants before uh, and have been successful. What's your advice to folks as they navigate the grant process? Oh. <laughs> well, here's the right. thing. It's never, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's much like having children. Um, a good idea at the time. Uh, a little more work than you thought it would be, and, you know, over before you know it. So I think if anybody's thinking, well, it might be 
The only difference is in the having the children and getting a grant is that one of them is overrated and one is very useful. I'll let you figure it out. But what I will say is that uh, applying for the grant is worthwhile. Um, we have gotten lots out of the ability to not only apply for a grant and win a grant, but the ability to know that there's a little liquidity to work with, and we're big on providing jobs for people in our community, both folks who are Howard students and folks who are returning citizens, and you know, there's every walk of life, we want to be able to do that. Um, and not to be cash-strapped allows that to happen. The thing that can be daunting about applying for grants is getting all your paperwork in order that uh, the lovely Sabangali was talking about at the beginning of this. And once you have, you know, the clean hands and your, and your tax documents and other things in one folder, uh, like one Google Drive, you can use it to apply for whatever it is that you need. Um, I, I think it's amazingly worthwhile. Sometimes it seems a little daunting, but asking somebody who already knows or asking for assistance from um, the, the groups that are giving, that are offering the grant often can answer questions is completely worth it. Absolutely. Uh, Anika, you want to tell us about your experience kind of interacting with Stemhead uh, on these grant programs before? Yeah, I mean, um, probably pretty much what Sonia said. It's, it's, um, but, you know, the, the good thing is, is once you have it, you have it. Um, so once you have your paperwork in order, also um, getting your narrative together is something that you should start thinking about automatically. Like, why are you here? What is your difference? What is the grant going to do to help you? Um, start thinking about that as soon as you know the grant comes out. And that's one thing that we started to do, um, and we found that to be very successful as we move through the grant process um, with DEMPED, DSLBD, and a lot of other organizations. Um, and so it, it's just allowed us to kind of replicate that same system as we keep going. Um, but it's definitely worth it. And I mean, there's nothing like receiving that 10K check um, and, you, and you may have $900 in your, in your business bank account at the time, you know, but, and, um, you know, just being able to keep your staff on is something that's really important. So um, like Sunyata said, having that cushion um, just to kind of fill that gap, it, it, it really, really does help. Absolutely. I think what I heard from both uh, Sunyata and, um, and Anika is that be prepared. Get ready, have that folder, have it ready um, so that you can apply. I think across uh, agencies that are provi providing release, the documents are pretty similar. Um, and so to be ready is the most important part of the process, whether you're applying for a grant, a loan, whether it's local, whether it's federal, you still need to be prepared. It will be daunting. Uh, it will feel daunting or even more daunting if you're not prepared. Right. And, and right. Annabella and Dario, how do you kind of manage to all the business side of it, making sure that you keep that together, that when opportunities like this come up, how do you stay on top of that, especially during one of the busiest times of the year uh, for the business? Well, she's the one that makes the chocolate, <laughs> and I am the guy behind the operation. And uh, Anika and Sieta said, applying for grants is, is having the paperwork ready, but it's not just having the paperwork ready, it's what do you have to do to have those papers ready, you know? 
that's the most important thing. I mean, why you get a clean hand certificate? Because you pay taxes. And if you don't file the taxes and you don't pay taxes, you don't get the clean hand certificate. So you have to follow the rules. That's it. It's very simple from A to C. And we, on our job, I mean, on our business, the most important thing is to enjoy what we do. And we really enjoy it. We have been happily married for more than 30 years. We met 35 years ago. <laughs> and Annabelle is laughing at that. But. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's saying that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and do you, the question is, do you agree with it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right now, I mean, I feel so happy what we are doing because I have the sweetest job in the world. I make chocolate. <laughs> everyone likes chocolate. Almost everyone. <laughs> And, but I, I don't know if I told Reynolds once, but at the end of this year, what we would like to do is to, to form people, I mean, to educate people, to make a good activity. And making chocolate is a great activity. It's, a, it's like agriculture, it's very moral, you know? Is, is the essence of something that you can do by yourself. Do by yourself. And when you name your chocolates, we name it Arcade Chocolates because that's her last name. And we follow the tradition of the most important chocolate companies around the world. They name it with the name, with the last name of the house where they are made. And that's why they are arcade chocolate. And I invite everyone to eat chocolate. This is fine gourmet chocolate, means cocoa butter, cocoa mass, and sugar. That's it. It's not a candy. This is a fine gourmet chocolate. Well, you have me sold. Exactly. Well, absolutely. No, and, and I I do eat chocolate. I drink tea. I don't drink coffee. Uh, and I have to step up my fashion game. So I think you found a new customer uh, for each of you. Uh, so what I want to do though is thank our entrepreneurs for joining us. Uh, really inspiring uh, to hear your stories today. And really, it's the reason why we do the work that we do. So I want to go to Christy and Mangle to close this out with uh, parting thoughts. Uh, so Christy, uh, the um, I buy DC challenge, but any other parting thoughts? Well, yes, yeah, absolutely, Deputy Mayor. Thank you for this. I, I, I want to thank the entrepreneurs that are on the panel and the ones that are, are watching. You know, I used to be on your side of the register. I know that these are intense times, and just know that DSLBD and DEMPED and the Bowser administration. We are here for you in real and tangible ways. Don't bring us your perfect story. Bring us your real story about why your paperwork's not ready, and we're going to help you get through that and get to the other side. We are here to help. And then in the middle, I buy DC. Let's shop local, guys. Our businesses need us more than ever. Absolutely. I mean, I would echo uh, the same thing that Director Woodfield mentioned. Uh, but again, uh, it, 
as you continue to prepare uh, for uh, any of these bridge fund opportunities that are available now and others that are coming, again, um, you know, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Um, and so it's really important. We, the administration has focused a lot on these relief funds and trying not to uh, sway uh, the different kinds of requests that we're looking for in these applications by design uh, so that you kind of have the same information that you would probably use for a similar application. And so again, if you, can, if you begin to start consolidating this information, uh, all of your documents um, as you're running your business somewhere in a folder, particularly for these relief funds, whether it's local or federal, whether it's a loan that you're looking for from a bank, have it ready. So if you stay ready, you do not have to get ready. And I think that's really, really uh, important. And I think that's what I heard mostly from uh, our uh, our entrepreneurs here on the on the deck. But again, email us if you have questions. We know that there's some very unique retailers here that may uh, still need some clarification uh, in terms of which fund that they are eligible for. We stand ready to receive and respond. Thank you, Svangloy. Thank you, Christy. Uh, this week, we do expect uh, another hurdle that 2020 is going to th throw our way, uh, which is some winter weather uh, that's coming in uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so if you're watching, if you want to volunteer uh, for the snow team uh, to help our senior residents, uh, you could go to snow team. Uh, .dc.gov. Just want to give that plug as well as a way to give back to community. I know it's been a trying year, but uh, this is a way to uh, feel a part of the community as some of our entrepreneurs talked about today. Uh, and of course, continue to support our local uh, retailers. Uh, it's a busy time and we know that uh, now is that crunch time where you might not have finished all your holiday shopping like I haven't, uh, but go to shopinthedistrict.com. Uh, uh, go there, see all the vendors that we have on there, all the retailers, and get delivery by D.C. residents. Near delivery is the way that we'll get it to you uh, if you're hungry. Uh, we also have a link to D.C. to go-go up there, too, so that you can shop from D.C. Uh, food establishments, restaurants, uh, and get it delivered by D.C. residents as well. Uh, and so there's plenty of ways to uh, support local businesses. We hope you'll do it. Uh, next week we'll be back uh, on our re uh, Recovery Weekly check-in uh, to talk about the entertainment. Uh, bridge fund. Uh, and so in the meantime, uh, please continue to be safe. Uh, and on behalf of Mayor Rouser, thank you for joining us today. Thank you.